the biggest rivalry is not like it's not like the Toronto Maple Leafs versus like you know the Montreal Canadiens or like the Celtics versus the Lakers. It's literally like explaining social like behaviors with like quantitative metrics. Like that that shit never works. Like, Legendary usually, rivalry. Exactly. It's like yo, you think there's a correlation? Bang anomaly. You know what I mean? <laughs> or like you think there's a correlation? It's like uh, other like you know like other attribute that's explaining that order, right? So I think um the big thing is like. You can never be wrong in trying to find those correlations, but when you are wrong, be willing to admit it, right? Like, I think that's, mm-hmm. I think that's like a super important thing as a PM to, uh, to understand. You can't always explain your users, but you can always try to. And I think that's the important distinction I'm trying to make. Hello, and welcome back to the Next Generation Podcast. My name is Fouad. We have our co-host, Damien, and today's guest is Tyler. Uh, Tyler is a growth APM currently at Lobo Digital um, and just all around super, super cool guy. One of the most well-spoken guys thanks, I know. Thanks, he always thanks. slips in like a little tidbit at the beginning of every chat, like, oh, it's February 22nd. Did you know this? Like something like that. He's, <laughs> he's really good at like making you feel personal. And so I'm excited for him to share some of that magic with us today. Uh, Tyler is also the host of the Tyler Talks product Substack, uh, where he writes about, you know, product insights and things like that as he goes through the product management journey. Uh, so yeah, we're excited to talk to him today about, you know, his business background and what that was like switching into product, kind of his journey through university, uh, and any findings and insights he has, and then, you know, just talk life and shoot the shit with one of our boys. So yeah, excited for this. You are now listening to the Next Iteration Podcast with your hosts, Fuad and Damien. If you liked the episode, follow us on Spotify and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Our website was built by Face Solutions, logo designed by Charmeni, and music by Wonderly Music. We hope you enjoy the episode. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me on, guys. I was going to say, like, you know, intro me being like, oh, man, this guy says some creative shit all the time. I was like, oh, man, <laughs> like, I'm on the gun for the first thing I <laughs> Not say. Not to build so, up expectations, bro. But... <laughs> uh, all I'm going to say is, like, you know, I think conversation is such a great natural way to just, like, talk with people and get to know them better. So hopefully at the end of the day, like, there's someone on the other end that was, like, very similar to me. I was telling uh, Fuad and Damien, like, I listened to this in my first and second year of university and maybe to make some big changes in my life and like i hope there's someone out there that follows the same way with some of the words that i say so that's my that's my tidbit right there so i'm following <laughs> up on <laughs> that was beauty that was I'm following beauty. up on the intro but yeah i mean yeah i mean you don't seem nervous at all but you're starting the podcast strong like just with this with such confidence and elegance i love it so Thanks, um it's a pleasure thank you for bringing the energy into the podcast to kick it off so we're going to be talking a lot about product management, um, some of your thoughts surrounding that, and a couple other perhaps more personal things relevant to people's personal lives. But yeah, sure. when uh, I, I want to start with some definitions, just so that we can kind of lay the land. Yeah. How would you define a product manager, and in what way do they differ from project managers? Yeah, for sure. So I think... Um... First of all, this is actually a very common interview question. So hopefully there's no recruiters listening and they're like, oh man, like, that's <laughs> not it. <laughs> but um, I was going to say that like, I, I hear a lot of people say that product management is really like the definition of being like the CEO of a product. I, I, I like, as I've been in product a lot more, I tend to disagree with that definition. And I think like the biggest thing as a product manager is like a leadership style that's focused on serving people. And the reason why I say that is like, once you become a product manager, your level of, of buy-in is so important from everyone, whether it be like your engineers, like upper management designers, et cetera. Um, I think your ability to like unblock things for a lot of different groups is really important. Um, I think that's what product management is kind of being that intermediary along with like, and this is what separates it from project management, but defining the value that's associated with like creating new product features, um, developing new products, for example, I think is what separates it opposed to project management where it's more about feasibility. It's about outlining like what timelines are going to look like, stuff like that. So I think that is the the hopeful definition of what product management should be, but I know at different places it's defined uh, differently elsewhere. So, yeah. So how would you uh, start to navigate that? Um, because like you mentioned, it's like every at every major tech company, what a project manager or product manager does kind of differs between each. Um, but like, wh- what do you think is the, I mean, I guess perhaps you might've answered this with your first, uh, with the first question, yeah, but like, yeah. what do you think is the most atomic element of a product manager? Oh man, honestly, like I know. So here's the thing, right? Like when I, when I first joined product management, like everyone's like, oh, like technical skills are like your top thing. And like, I agree with that. Like to some degree, like I think your technical ability and understanding can really help you get buy-in from engineers. But at the end of the day, like engineers are not the only people you work with. Like it's other people as well. Like the aforementioned ones that I said, um, I honestly think the biggest skill for product managers is emotional intelligence. And um, the reason why I say that is like, 
hey, like I could be the smartest motherfucker in the room. <laughs> and like, irregardless or regardless of that, um, you know, I see Fod laughing because I say <laughs> irregardless, regardless, but, um, but regardless of that, like I was going to say that um, if you don't treat people with respect, if you don't treat people like they can have a voice at the table, um, they're never going to want to fight for you as much as you want to fight for them. And I think that's really important when you have a team. Uh, because product management is one of those things where you like you have a small group of like six to seven people, you know, which are your engineers and designers, and and day in and day out, you gotta trust each other to do things, right? Like, I don't know how to code, nor do I know how to design, but if I can trust the people that are in those seats and empower them to do good work as a result of my knowledge or my like expertise or leadership, then that's already like halfway or a third of the battle when it comes to product management. So I think that's the thing I continue to focus on as I get deeper into this career path. And like a quick follow up on that is, so. Uh, okay, so with the one of the places I was working at before, right, there one problem that I often saw is that the implementations team would be chatting with the client, they would yeah. be discussing requirements, what the client needs, and they would make a couple generous promises to the client, because the client would yeah. want certain features um, shift within a specific timeline. And now, these implementations individuals, they, they didn't really necessarily have that depth of technical experience. So what I ended up seeing happen a lot was that they would overpromise on uh, a couple of those features or whatever it is that the client wanted. For sure, for sure. And then the devs end up drowning. You know, like, like yeah. Fwad, you've probably been in that position, right? Yeah, um, many times. And, and it sucks because like dev time is golden time. And yeah, yeah, for sure. Companies heavily rely on them all the time and they're they're the backbone that keeps things moving in that way yeah so when it comes to product management how do you reconcile not having that technical background because it feels like for a position like that it's more imperative than ever to be able to have that background yeah for sure here so here's here's one distinction that i want to make right away right so when i was before i went into product management i went to consulting and like there's this taboo thing in consulting where like saying I don't know in front of the client is like, yo, like you hit a trip mine, man. Like, you know what I mean? So people are like, can't do that. Um, in product, like I think one of the things that I love about tech and what's so celebrated is saying like, I don't know is actually a, is, is a celebrated response, right? As long as you're willing to say like, hey, like I'm willing to figure it out. Um, so one thing that I do right away, if I don't know the technical domain that's associated with something, there's a very professional way to say it, right? Just be like, hey, like, you know, I realize this is something that's really integral to you. Um, because it's so integral to you, give me about a week to figure out how the specifications would turn out for it. So that way we can really iron out the details, right? Like I'm not saying no, nor am I saying yes, but I'm just saying like, hey, give me the time to figure it out. And I think communication is so important when it comes to product in that regard. Um, the second thing that I like to do, and this like really helps out with the engineers is like, um, if I don't include them in meetings, I'll write meeting notes and I'll give it to them afterwards and they can read in like five points. And they'll be like, yo, Tyler, like this was wrong. Like I would really follow up on this or like bring this up. Um, and I would say, hey, like, yeah, for sure. Like, let me go bring it up. And as a result of that, like we have a two-way street between the devs and the actual client. Um, one of the things I try to advocate a lot for is just bringing more voices to the table. Like, I think one of the real reasons why I, you know, didn't go into consulting opposed to product management is like, hey, in consulting, like you're around a table of, of a bunch of consultants, which, you know, I don't know about you, but for me, like in terms of like thought-provoking material, it kind of gets boring in some regards, right? Um, but for product management, like the designers at the table and engineers at the table, so why not celebrate their voices and their expertise and bring them to that meeting or whatever it may be? Um, so that's what I try to do on a daily basis, and, and hopefully they like it. I don't know if my devs have anything to say. I'm sure they'll maybe respond at some point, but um, yeah, that's, that's how I kind of go about that like tricky scenario, if that makes sense. Dude, beauty. I love, the, I love the piece about bringing voices to the table, because like you said, like regardless of what you define product is, or regardless of what you define the role of a product manager to be, yeah, your yeah. job is the intermediary. You're always bringing together people and you always have to include those voices and your job is to figure out how to make all that work. So let's rewind a bit going back, you know, touching a little bit upon like the consulting stuff. Yeah, yeah. You're a business school student. What got you yeah. into product in the first place? How did you transition <laughs> to the space? And like, walk us through that journey. All right. So I think I think it was definitely a perfect storm. So like, I'll just, I'll just bring it back to like third year university. All right. Like you got your PPBS and Tyler, like this guy is a bookworm, man. Like he loves books, you know? So you know, as a result of that, right? Like when, uh, and I think this is the biggest caveat is like when you go into university, what you read is all you know, right? So if the curriculum is not updated, then neither is your understanding of the world around you. Um, so I'm here reading about, you know, investment banking, consulting, et cetera. And because I was just so generic at the time, I was like, hey, like I don't love investment banking or finance and I don't love like marketing or, or these other departments in, in business. Let me try the most general thing and see how it goes. Um, ended up interviewing and consulting and like, 
the one thing that always bothered me about it was like, hey, like, do you know about this random industry? But like, imagine you like walk into a room and someone's like, yo, like oil facts in Alabama. And you're like, yo, <laughs> who brought this guy, right? And um, yeah. so I was like, I I'd love to find a way to like have that like expertise in like crafting strategy and crafting vision um, and have it in a domain that I really enjoy. Um, so funny enough, like before going into business school, I actually like was supposed to go into CS at Western um, and then ended up not going for various reasons. But uh, I was like, hey, like I really enjoy tech. Let me try to combine it with this idea of consulting because I, I just honestly didn't enjoy the consulting environment or culture. Um, I ended up going into that. Uh, I think what inspired me to make the jump actually was actually meeting a bunch of people. I think um, when I first tried to get into the tech community, talked to Fuad, he was super nice to me, um, met a bunch of other people uh, that were part of, I think it was, ex uh, I forgot what the the, the name was, Fuad. I think it was like Augment. Augment. Yeah, yeah. So shout out to the guys at Augment. Oh, like, they were yeah. super cool. Um, and I got to meet a bunch of people and I was like, I, and I, like this like moment hit me and I was like, yo, like these guys are doing some sick shit. Like I, I'm over here, like, you know, in business school and stuff. And like, they don't really expose you to those careers. And I'm like, yo, why isn't it like that? Um, so I really took the time to just like sit down, understand where I want to go with my life. And that's kind of how I found product management because I thought at that time, you know, unfortunately I didn't want to be a software engineer and I really enjoyed that people aspect and that strategy aspect. So I found product management to be the happy medium between both of those. Um, but the roadmap to get there, I think, was just as long as me finding out about it in the first place. So uh, that's kind of how I ended up finding product and sticking into it. Mm -hmm. What sort of advice do you have for students who are like kind of struggling with that question of like, oh, I don't know if I like this. I don't know if I like this. You went the general route and then you kind of specified based on like what you were interested in previous previous years. But yeah, do you have any sort of advice for that? Because I feel like it's a pretty common thing to like look at a field and be paralyzed with choice and like. Yeah, think yeah. that oh i'm not like that good at any of these things so i kind of want to just do everything what's the most general i can fit into you know honestly the best thing i could do is like the best two things i could do is like you can you can satisfy that crave for like finding out what you enjoy with two things one is you could like actually talk to people that are within the field um and the reason why i say that is like people like and you'll and like in stats right like usually they have this thing called like you know a, a statistically significant amount of things right or it, it, it like leads to statistical significance um if you interview one person you're never really gonna get a true understanding of that industry right so have like a base of like 10 people weigh those opinions and understand what you think is the best out of all of them and then say like, okay like this is what i think the industry is about and what i think it comprises of. um the second thing i would say is just keep your options open when it comes to the internships that you do and the reason why I say that is like saying no to an opportunity could be saying no to an opportunity down the line that maybe you would have really enjoyed. Um, and even at worst, you, you find out or do something that you don't really enjoy and you cross it off your list. So if you look at my like experiences and where I've gone, like I've done so much stuff along the way. Like I did project management for a pressure vessel company. Like I, I don't even, I don't know like a thing about pressure vessels, but I mean, like I did it right. Um, did an unpaid internship at a sustainability at work company. If you ask my girlfriend, like I'm probably the most like unfashionable person you ever met. So, I mean, like, it's kind of tough, right? <laughs> oh, I really won't ask her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, and then after that, I did PNG and then finally did product, right? So, um, the place where I wanted to be was four internships away, and I wouldn't have got there if I didn't do those other aspects. So, I think mm -hmm. um, that's kind of one thing that I would give advice to someone who's just trying out. You know, you don't have to be in the field of your dreams right away. And I think that's really important to understand. So, dear uh, business school homies, look at you like a heretic. Like yeah okay so that that's the crazy part right okay so like i i um i got into product and i was like telling all my friends i'm like yo like we should go into product guys like this shit's bumping right like you know it's it's heat, <laughs> right? preaching. I'm, I'm, I'm talking to my boys and i'm like yo like guys like, I, i'm telling you like it's interesting it's cutting edge people are making some really cool stuff and like at this point i'm like i'm already three like product management books deep you know what i mean like i'm preaching to you know like the unconverted here and like telling them about it um and i think that's one of the things that like is so crazy because if you go to university of waterloo and you say product management everyone's like yo like that's sick i can't believe you did that etc you go mm -hmm. to shulik like, and you say yo product management and like kids are like you know, what's this off-brand consulting you know what I mean <laughs> so like it's definitely one of those things where like at first I was like super lonely in, in the sense that I was like you know like I have no one to like share the pains of like understanding stuff with I have nobody who um is in upper years that could show me the way and and I thought to myself like uh you know like someone's gonna have to do it eventually like why not it be me so um in, uh, for finding that mentorship like I ended up just reaching out to a bunch of people and like that's a that's a conversation I think we'll get into later in the podcast but um, yeah, I, it, it was a pretty hard decision to make first because like no one was joining me with me. And, and I know uh, as a business student or like even as a university student, like to go where your friends go. Right. So uh, it was a difficult decision. But I mean, meeting people, you know, um, and, and listening to podcasts like this really pushed me to make the decision and be like, you know, like, 
fuck it. Like you only get one kind of crossroad chance at once in a lifetime, right? So like, why not do it here? Yo, I empathize with that so hard because I think Mac was like a very similar situation where it's like everyone's in healthcare, everyone's going yeah, to yeah. biotech, you know, we have like the group, but that's like more classical businessy stuff too. And it's yeah, like, yeah. no one was going to tech. No one was going to tech. Everyone was like Hydro, Hydro One or like, you know, like what are, what are even the other companies? I don't even know what they're called anymore. But like all the like big electric companies, utility companies, like those are like the best jobs you can get in Canada. And like, that's what you should aspire to as an engineer. And I was like, dude, like I know these guys commute to Pickering for an hour and a half every day. And like that's the toughest on their part. asses for like eight hours yeah, yeah. and come home. And like, that's not a life I want. That's not what I want to be building. Um, and it was super, super hard. Cause like you said, like when you don't have a community around you, who's like striving for that, you have to like kind of go out there and make it. And I think I was very privileged to be part of like a group of guys who, when I started preaching and when they started preaching with me, like we all got excited about it and we all kind of fell into it. And like, happy to say that, like it kind of changed like the face of like our small group of McMaster and like, hopefully that had ripple effects down the line. But yeah, yeah like awesome. super, super hard to do. And I think a lot of kids listening are maybe in the same situations. We have a lot of listeners from Columbus, Ohio, actually. So shout out Columbus, hey, shout Ohio. out Columbus. Shout out Columbus. <laughs> I know Columbus ain't a tech hub. So for the kids in Columbus, when you don't have that community, what do you do? How do you start reaching out to people? Like, how do you get over that fear of like, dude, like this is just some random person on LinkedIn. Will they ever like reach out to me? And like, follow-up question of that. Like, what have you learned from all those conversations that have you really taken away with you? Yeah, yeah. Um, for, for all my Columbus columbus homies out there this one's this tidbits for you but i mean like the biggest thing that i would say is like hey like at uh, like I, okay this is one thing i don't think students realize but like curiosity at this age is so forgivable it's crazy like you could mm -hmm. say i don't know to anything and someone is more than happy to explain it to you because they know you're still growing and learning right so take advantage of that like what i would say is like hey if you're um if you're on linkedin for example and you search up a bunch of people like my biggest recommendation is just like send out a message and be like hey my name's Tyler and I'm like a second year, or third year student. I saw I came across your profile. I really thought it was interesting how you made like this transition to like this, just something like personable they can relate to. And just be like, hey, like if you got 15 minutes, by all means, no worries. If you don't, like I just really want to connect and I'd love to just get to know you a bit better. Most of the time, like I'm not going to lie to you. People will ignore you. And like, that's just part of, you know, getting to know and understand people. Not everyone's going to want to be your friend and that's completely okay. But for those who do, um, you can't, you know, scare yourself out of that relationship. Um, and just taking that chance, I think is really important. So what I do is like, I'll dedicate like an hour of my day just to meet like, you know, a, like, you know, 10 new people. Right. And when I meet those 10 new people, I have like a bunch of like learnings or insights. And that kind of brings me to, to what I did to get into product. Um, I was so invested into it and wanted to meet people that would help me along with my product journey that I, I wrote an article called like interviewing a hundred plus product managers. And I think it was like in four months or something like that, something crazy like that. Um, I didn't have that aim. But like, it was just so infectious to talk to new people in a field that I was really passionate about and learn about their, you know, hindsights and journeys. Um, and the lessons that I learned from them, there are a couple. The first thing is, is like, don't be afraid. This actually influenced me to take a year off school. But like, in the grand scheme of things, time is so uh, precious when you're starting out. So really understand where you want to go and don't rush throughout school. Because I think it's, you know, something that we all do. I, I don't know about your parents, but like, mine are always like, hey, like four years and, and you know, get out, right? Um, but I thought to myself, like, if I get out and I'm not ready, then like the world's not going to be any kinder. Right. So getting that experience was super important to me. Um, the second thing that they were telling me was like, Hey, your career is so long, right? Like if you don't get them to product right out of undergrad, it's a, it's a race or it's a, it's a marathon and not a race. And I think a lot of people need to realize that, like, you're always going to find people on LinkedIn that are like working at Facebook in high school or something like that, or working in Facebook in first year, but like, that's not your story and they're not writing yours. Right. So um, take the time to understand that like just because you're on chapter two and they're on chapter 10 doesn't mean that you'll have your chapter 10 at some point later in your life. Um, I think that's really important. And then the last thing I think was my biggest lesson. Um, if the Columbus, Ohio peeps are still listening is honestly just like, <laughs> just have fun, man. Like I think so many people are so scared about what's next, um, but they don't really live in the moment. And like some of the like saddest stories I've heard from people, not really sad, but like inspiring is like people like, man, like at your age, like I really wish I took the time to make more memories of people that I really care about. And like, that's why like when I you know have the opportunity to like hang out with friends or like spend a moment and capture it on like a Polaroid or a camera, like I'll do it. Right. And like, I don't think that's any bad than like, you know, um, just taking the time to just understand, you know, where you want to go and stuff like that. So those are my three lessons. Columbus, Ohio peeps. I hope I changed your life. If I didn't, then I hope the rest of everything are surrounding Columbus. You all enjoyed it. But um, <laughs> yeah, that's my advice. Man, that was a beautiful fucking answer and heavily that's underrated. Um, I mean, like, yeah, that was incredibly well-spoken. And I think like the sad part is 
<clears throat> for a lot of people, when it comes to lessons like this, it doesn't really hit until they go through it themselves, until they make that, they, they have that, that individual experience with it, right? Because, um, yeah, yeah, for, sure. for example, like Jim Carrey has the saying, right? I wish everybody can become rich and famous so that they can understand it's not the answer to anything. But yeah, yeah. the problem is that like we hear like the same conventional pieces of wisdom countless times. But I don't know, like, I think when you're young, you think you're invincible. Your perception of how the world works is completely distorted and you don't have enough experience, um, enough touch points with life um, and the world to be able to make a sound judgment in that way. Um, I mean, we haven't even like assuming that and knock on wood, like nothing goes terribly wrong in our lives. We have like four times our lifespan left to live at the very yeah. least, right? Yeah. Not to count how advanced medicine is getting. Uh, it's so important to take it slow and be intentional in that way, especially when you're young, right? Like these are the best years of our lives. Like for the most part, we're fit and healthy. Um, I got to get out a little bit more. I'm back. That's okay, man. Stop. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> the fit Yo, part's I, always questionable. Yeah. <laughs> Likewise, but. Yo, no worries. But, I love Costco croissant, so, or croissant, so it's not an issue. Oh, I wish you had a mention that. I'm going to Costco later today. I'm about to buy like 200. Oh, you got you to cop some, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, I'm not as appetizing as a Costco croissant, but, you know, I, 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 I got something going for me. But yeah, I, I, but yeah, it's that, so beautiful. And like, I think that's the, the thing that really highlights the exploration piece for me is one, if you didn't choose to take that risk and go exploring, you never would have found yourself in product and yeah, immersing sure. yourself in this world. Like it's so exciting being in those conversations with people and learning about it from them versus just reading about it in a book. It's a completely different experience. And that's part of the reason why we do this podcast as well. But even more than that, like, look at the, like the highest earning career last year was being a JPEG collector. Like it takes exploration. It takes taking these riffs in order to find yeah. those things. So hell yeah. Like amen to what you said. And I heavily espouse that. Yeah. Um, it reminds me of, uh, I don't know, some like saying I had like floating around my head. It's like, you can't connect the dots until you got some dots, right? Like there's, yes, sir. Yes, there's sir. no way to understand like going back to what you said with like the, that's a full trademark by the way if anyone's listening that's my quote anyways uh like what you said about like the oh you get advice from like one person you don't understand the industry like you have to get from 10 and then you can understand what what it's like right like you got to go explore you got to fuck up you got to do a ton of shit and then you realize yeah. okay well there's kind of a pattern here i don't like this i don't like his and like here's how my line's gonna go right but if you got you don't have any dots you can't connect anything right so yeah, heavily espouse like the theme of exploration. My bad, Damon, I cut you off, but go ahead. Yeah, no, no, no worries at all. I was going to transition into, so you've built up this experience in this product field. Um, you've learned about a ton of different products. You've, um, you're, you're basically married to this now, considering how committed you are, right? <laughs> I think so, yeah. I'm, I'm just curious then, like based on the experiences you've had, what is an example of a product that you think sets the, the gold standard? And let me, uh, let me like just give a little bit more context. Like in the world yeah. of startups, Airbnb is like the golden child. Like that's the classic example of the, the perfect startup story, like grind to a unicorn, right? Yeah. Is there a translatable example that you can think of within the world of product management? Like, are you, are you essentially asking me like what my favorite product is? It could be yours personally. Actually, maybe I can hear both. I don't know if like there's a conventional answer to this question in the sense that- This is a classic know, like, is interview question. Yeah, it's a fun. classic interview question. So I'm going to have to bring out the- uh, I'm going to bring out my notion sheet. board, you know? And, and like, <laughs> like, I could just go, I could just like basically just say like, I think in my opinion, what's a really sound product. Um, I know that they've had like some controversy around like podcasting and stuff like that, but- Spotify personally is like my favorite uh, product. And there's a couple of reasons why. Um, mm. Look at this. Look, look at the product management answer. Probably aspiring product managers out here. Critique my answer or like whatever you will. But um, the first thing is I, I really enjoy how much they understand their audiences. Um, I don't know about you. If you've ever been on Apple Music before, you'll notice that on their like recommended playlists, it'll always be like very standard things, right? Like love songs, um, you know, biking songs, et cetera, right? But like mm -hmm. Spotify actually does a really good job of curating great positioning when it comes to their music. So it'll give you like moments opposed to like categories, right? So for example, like I'm just looking at my, my Spotify right now. There's literally a playlist called Text Me Back. 
there are tons and millions of people that are out there that are waiting for a text back from their crush or like something <laughs> like that. And they're like, yo, I feel late, man. Like I'm going to this. And then there you go. Like you got a user having a session, right? Like for me, that's brilliant. Like the ability to connect memories with music before the song is even associated with a, with a, a memory is so important to me. Um, usually it's the other way around, right? It goes like, uh, you know, memory happens, music's played in conjunction, memory associated with music. But what these guys are doing is saying like, here's a prompt connected to the memory for us and just start the session and create that, on, create that you know, uh, connection automatically. I thought that was brilliant when I first saw it. And I think that's something that I really enjoy. Um, the second thing that I will say that I think they do a really good job of is the idea to recommend you playlists. Um, I don't know what goes behind Spotify's recommendation algorithm, but every week they give you your Discover Weekly. And I find always like two or three songs that are on there. And it's enough where like mm -hmm. I played in the car and my friends are like, yo, like that's heat. Like, where'd you get that from? And I continue going back to it because like, it's a, it's a positive association of finding new music, showing my friends and getting that hype. Right. The ox critique, um, bro. It's, it's always make exactly, or break. Yo, you play exactly. no fire songs, you're done. You're out. The I'm telling you, man, like you play no fire <laughs> songs and you're walking the next time, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <man. laughs> so, um, and then I think the last thing, honestly, that I really enjoy is like, they always come up and like, maybe this is the Filipino in me, but like they have a karaoke feature. I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I don't know how many times I've rapped Baby Keem wrong, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I go back on the karaoke feature. I'm like, yo, I'm a buffoon, man. Like every time I listen with my boys, like I'm rapping Baby Keem wrong. But like having little things like that is continually making me come back and be interested in the, in the platform is really awesome. So um, that's probably my favorite product. Um, I'm also a big music head. So that's probably why as well. I'm mm -hmm. someone that uses it a lot. But I think like that's my favorite product, to be honest. You'll, you'll find other people that like, will say like their favorite product is like more hardware focused. So like a lot of people will say like the iPhone or they'll say something like an OS, for example, but um, Spotify has probably been my favorite in terms of that. Mm. You know what I think is super underrated? What's underrated? Tell me. Microsoft Excel. Greatest piece of software. <laughs> no, nah, man. As a business student, you need to, <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I'm having to X that, to be honest. No, I don't know. Not I don't I'm probably judging up some PTSD. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Dude, I'm yeah, Google yeah, Sheets the, gang. I'm Google Sheets gang. A, yeah, I'm a Google Excel. Sheets guy too. The Microsoft <laughs> Excel, man, like all the finance kids in my university, like you once they learn the shortcuts, man, like I'm telling you, you walk through the hallways, it's, it's like, <laughs> it's game, man. All those shortcuts, I'm like, y'all coding students or something? That's crazy. So, Jesus. Um, yeah. <laughs> Going back to this like theme of like connecting that emotional experience, um, how do you do that as a product manager? Like, how do you figure out how to connect like something so essential as like a memory into a product? And like, what's your process for like ideating and like reflecting on your own emotional experiences of connecting that to a product? Cause I feel like it's like super, super hard to do. And there isn't like a play-by-play -play for doing it. It's not like you can structure it and like be like, you know, step one, do this, step two, this, step three, you have Spotify, right? Like, how do you, how do you figure that out? Like what's, what's your own process for ideating like that? Okay, so there's there's two answers to this, right? Like there's like the actual like theory answer, which is like you make a problem statement for the person. So you say like as a insert like demographic category, I want to do X, Y, Z and I cannot do it because of this. Um, because I cannot do it, I feel this type of emotion, right? Like that's, that's a very standard way and that's most of the way that it gets documented. Um, here's how I've found like my specific niche and understanding users. And like, just to give a bit of preface, like one thing that I used to do in high school is like, you know, I, I, I'm not going to lie. Like I was a theater kid in high school. So like when you get into a role or something, Jeez. right? Like you really want to understand that person. Um, and for me, like when it comes to product management, I find it to be no different. So like a couple of things that I'll do is like, how can I relate that to someone in my real life? So let's say hypothetically, we're talking about like, this is very topical for me because I'm working on like the grocery delivery app for like, um, for Loblaws. Like let's say hypothetically, we're focusing on drivers, right? Like I have like, people that are in my life that are doing Uber Eats as maybe a side hustle, they're doing it as their main job. Like, what are their pain points? How do they feel a result of it? Like, how could their service be better, right? Putting a face to the actual name is a lot better. So instead of saying, oh, like hypothetical driver, I go, oh, like that's my uncle Jimmy, right? Like so much more empathetic, so much more understanding. Like I can see how my uncle looks like. I can see like his pains, his struggles, him being emotional about a specific way because the product doesn't work properly. And like just embedding that, I guess, background is really important to me as a product manager. Um, I think the second thing is like really just being creative with where you source your information. So as a PM, maybe you would go to a focus group. Um, maybe you would run a survey, for example. But what are online forums saying? What are Reddit threads saying? Like that's where people are really going to be authentic and real, right? Like they can hide amongst anonym, uh, anonymity and like they can be as rude as they want to to whatever topic they want to. And that's when you will find the real pain points. 
Um, so I would say like, that's how I get creative about finding through people. And, and hopefully as a result of that, like I make a better product that they can use and be happier about. Um, but that's, that's kind of how I approach going about understanding people better. So do you think it, when it comes to being a product manager, does it pay more to be a generalist or a specialist? That's tough, man. Um, I think, uh, so here, here's the thing, like, I, I think my answers change as I progress throughout my career. So when I first started, right, like, and I wanted to get into product, I went on LinkedIn and I searched up like product management intern or whatever it may be, right? And I see all these kids with like CS and engineering. And I'm like, damn, like, I don't belong here to be honest, right? Like, I don't have an engineering degree and I don't understand CS. And at that point I was like, oh man, it really pays to be like a, a, like a, a someone who's specifically in, in one domain. And because of that, I really, you know, made up a lot of ground in terms of understanding technical material. Now, if you ask me to like, hey, like Tyler, can you like create an API from scratch? Probably not, but I could be like, hey, like these are the call functions, you know, like these are the JSON files that, or like the JSON file that gets sent back, et cetera. Um, and I can have that conversation with my engineer. And as I get um, deeper into this, I understand that being a generalist a lot of the time is gonna help you a lot more in product management because your day-to-day -day is so, uh, I would say verbose, right? So for example, like, you would get someone coming up to you like, yo, Tyler, the feature flag's down. Like, can we fix it? All right, go fix that, et cetera. Learn that like specific point and then keep it in your memory bank for like other scenarios that come up. Someone comes up and says, hey, Tyler, like we need a kickoff. Like, can you understand how we can prioritize things for the roadmap? Um, these aren't skills that you just learn specifically, right? Like you don't go to school and you'll go, there's like a course called road mapping. If there is, I mean, like, I'd love to take it, but I mean, I haven't found one yet that I've seen that's been, you know, integrated into school, school successfully. Wait, you never um, took so, uh, road mapping 101, dude? Come nah, on. man, I don't know. I skipped, I skipped a grade, you know, like, <laughs> not, it's not in business school. If it's an edge school, then maybe that's something we need to implement. But um, yeah, like, that's, that's, I think, the biggest thing, to be honest. Um, but uh, yeah, I think being a generalist pays a lot more in terms of being a PM, unless you decide to do one specific domain or realm, right? Like if you're like an internal PM with like internal tools, if you're a growth PM, um, but that's something for people to find out mm -hmm. about hopefully later on in their career. Yeah, because I feel like that's a, a type of role that really pays to be more creative in. And if you look at like my, my favorite example of a polymath is Da Vinci. And if you look at how he was able to be so successful is because he had this innate curiosity about everything. And he was able yeah. to just weave these random threads together and then boom, like lightning strikes. So in that same way, like you can see how um, like a product, product is marketed in some different sector, like in a completely different industry. You can pull some of those lessons um, into whatever you're doing. And in that way, I think it's better. Um, just to challenge, I guess, your EQ point on product, do you think, uh, do you think a sociopath would be able to make a successful product? Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I feel like, <laughs> okay, here's my thought process for this question. It's like, okay. if I, if I answer yes, like, yo, there's a bunch of sociopaths out there. And also like, I don't know if any sociopaths are listening to this, but I hope not. But like, would they be like, yo, I'm jumping into product. And my second thing is like, yo, what kind of products are these sociopaths making? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, some would say that like, if anything, Facebook. like, yeah, like Facebook, like a lot of our social platforms. Yo, who like, said that? Yo, <laughs> yo that wasn't me, yo. <laughs> but I feel like a lot of social platforms have like invited that type of like uh, persona and not so much that like everyone is part of it, but to have like a specific use case that a persona like that could use the platform, I think is very interesting. Um, the thing that I think, uh, and like define, if you could define sociopath, I think that would like help me define my answer. Cause I'm thinking of a sociopath as someone that lacks empathy. So in my opinion, exactly. I don't think they would, I don't think they would be very good in that regard because I think like they would either use their product for their own nefarious purposes. And as a result of that, it wouldn't attract users in the first place. Um, so in my like, but then also like, I don't know, man, like a sociopath would have like a creative way to attract people in the first place, which then like, IE like Facebook, you know what I mean? Like bring people over with like some sort of addictive like tendency. Um, I would, I, I'm just going to take the safe answer and say that I don't think a sociopath would be a great person in the product community or in the product space. Um, but what I will say um, is that if you're not a sociopath, you're more than welcome to join product. Um, just remember that sociopathic tendencies, I don't think would breed success in the product community. So that's, that's all I would say in that regard. So, um, covering my bases. Answer. I didn't expect it, but I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, I like, think, yo, fun. What's, your, what's your answer in that? Would you say yes or no? Yo, so here's the thing. I think what you're talking about with the like inherent user empathy, I think really, really matters. You need to have that inherent empathy to understand like what your user is going through to make a product. But then after that, all bets are off because I think we've entered like this stage of like hyper optimization with a lot of products where 
Oh yeah. It's just about driving the numbers up and you can be a sociopath and do that. And honestly, maybe sociopaths are better suited to do that because they're able to like sort through the noise and look at the numbers and just be like, you know, this is what needs to be done. And then going backwards, even as well, do you really need to understand or use just pain points to create a product that solves it for them? Maybe it's a problem Mm. they don't even know they have. Yeah, yeah. The data says they have, you know what I mean? And if you're able to like capitalize on that, I don't know. Maybe you're a sick product manager. I don't know. I'm yo, not a sociopath. I, 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 I was going to say, sociopaths. yo, that's, yo, dude, I don't know about you, bro, but that's something I feel like a sociopath would say. <laughs> dude, I'm real good at hiding <laughs> it, which is like, another characteristic of a sociopath. He's but... a dev. He's a dev, right? Yeah, it's, he's a, it's a different holy, holy. I I I'm starting to go find me for the uh, sociopaths for product movement. So hit me up. <laughs> yo, I was going to say that, like, I think in business school, you have those like famous movies, right? So like American Psycho is one of them, man. I, I think I love business oh my God, for the fact yeah. that I don't want that to be like the stereotype. But if sociopaths, the product is the new wave and there's a new movie coming out in that regard, I think I might, it might be time to change again. <laughs> so I don't know. If you look at behavioral economics, right? Like that entire area is aimed at trying to translate human behavior into economic principles. But one of like its earliest failings is the theory that people act in their own best interest so if you were like a true empath and you may have made that mistake right like because it's it's or maybe actually maybe i'm wrong there but i don't know like if you were to look at people as you think they behave like that's a completely sensible line of reasoning to have like of course people act in their yeah. best interest but it turns out that's not true people will be so dumb and like you you can give them you can give them everything that they want right in front of them and they Yo, you sound like a sociopath it. too, bro. I don't know. I don't, I don't know about this. Why was I you know, single you know what, maybe, People are so dumb. No, I think what it is, is that you reach this inflection point, right? You understand people so deeply, you became, become yeah. a sociopath. Hmm. Yeah, I think, okay, so here's the hard part. Like, I took, I took behavioral finance too, and I think there's like a lot of things that like, like there's a, there's a theory where like humans will continue to try to provide like correlation to something, even though there's nothing there. And mm-hmm. I think like as a PM, sometimes you have to be like, yo, like there's nothing there. Man. Like we like even if the investment is too deep, you have to be like, there's nothing there. Like there's no product market fit. And I think like that can even come when you thought you've had a correlation or something like that. Um, and that's the hard part about humans. Like I always say this, like the, the biggest rivalry is not like, you know, uh, it's not like the Toronto Maple Leafs versus like, you know, the Montreal Canadiens or like the Celtics versus the Lakers. It's literally like explaining social like behaviors with like quantitative metrics. Like that, that shit never works. Like, Legendary usually, Exactly. It's like, yo, you think there's a correlation? Bang, anomaly. You know what I mean? <laughs> or like, you think there's a correlation? It's like uh, other, like, you know, like other attribute that's explaining that order, right? So I think um, the big thing is like, you can never be wrong. You can never like, you can never be wrong in trying to find those correlations. But when you are wrong, be willing to admit it, right? Like, I think that's, mm-hmm. I think that's like a super important thing as a PM to, uh, to understand. Um, so yeah, I don't know. You can't always explain your users, but you can always try to. And I think that's the important distinction I'm trying to make. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I fuck with that. And the ability to like mention that you're wrong. I think tech is super, super shaped by that. Like the ability to admit your own fallibility. And without yeah. that, like you can't build any products, right? So Tyler, I think it's safe to assume you like product, right? No, I, I, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. So with all this talk about finding product market fit, I'm going to connect this to a conversation we've had earlier on a call. How do you find like life job fit, right? Like product market fit for your own life. Like, how do you know that product is the right career for you? And like, what goes into your, I guess your decision-making about like, this is the path I want and this is a path that will make me happy and successful. And how does that, how do you define that? Yeah. So let me say that like, this is my framework for finding a successful career. By no means will it apply to anybody else. Like there are three things that I weigh. And I think I really weighed this against consulting and it pointed me in the direction of product because it met all three of the criteria at the time of like who I am as a person, right? I might change in the future, et cetera. Um, But these are the three categories. Um, The first category is like interest. And like, this is where it could get really volatile because what you're interested in could change all the time realistically, right? Like I could be really into like music this week or I could be into like, you know, something else the next. What I recommend is looking at like long-term interest. So like, what are things that no matter where you go, you'll, you'll try to integrate. So like, even when I was into music, like when I was a kid, I was trying to make like a bot that would understand like what music that I would enjoy. It was a really bad bot. Like I didn't understand it and understand my music thoughts at all, but I had fun doing it. Right. And um, that interest in tech took me all the way to university. 
Uh, and it's something that maybe might change in the future, but for the time being, like it feels like category and product does a really good job of doing so. Um, the second thing that I would say is like, okay, what's work-life balance like? And the reason why I say that is like, hey, like I, I love work, like don't get me wrong. Like I enjoy product a lot and the people that I'm with, but there's there's a world outside where like Tyler is just not the product manager, but like Tyler is like someone's friend, you know, like someone's boyfriend, hopefully a good one. <laughs> and, um, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like you, you really got to understand that like there are these two conflicting, uh, I guess, like persons and you got to make time for both of them. Because at the end of the day, right, you're going to look back and if they aren't balanced, you're going to be pretty upset that you didn't spend time either, you know, being a better worker or being someone that could spend time with their family. Um, and family's really close to me. So I want to try to maximize the amount of memories I have with those around me. Um, mm -hmm. And plus, if you're making money, like at the end of the day, you probably want to spend it on the people you love, right? Like you're not spending on the people you work with. So that's just a little food for yeah. thought there. But um, the last thing, honestly, is like, you know, like, how much, like, I'm like, listen, this is going to be different for everyone else. Or like, it might be in terms of weight different for everyone else. But like, how much are you getting paid? Because to be honest, like, the real thing you have to understand here is like, I'm like, and it's unfortunate to say, but like, I'm not in a position where like, I can take any job and sustainably support my lifestyle. Because like, one, like, you know, I'm not in a position or maybe social class to be able to do so. And as a result of that, I have financial goals that I want to meet. For example, like, I want to help my parents, like, for example, um, you know, like, you know, pay the rest of their mortgage off, for example, or whatever it may be, right? Like, um, those are the things that go into in consideration of like, what job I like to go into. Now, it's not the be all or end all, but it's definitely something in the back of my mind that I consider. So when it came to product, like it met all of those three things. Um, it, may, it may not for you, for example. Um, but what I say is like, create that criteria, whatever it may be, and apply it and see if it works. Um, and depending on how your satisfaction or like how happy you are on that job, like you can change it as you will, or maybe, but um, that's my general recommendation. I like how analytical you are with it. Very probably. Maybe a little sociopathic. I don't know. Maybe at the end of this, we'll talk about it. Like, we'll do a poll at the end. Uh, which one of us is the sociopath? There's a sociopath hiding in this call. Um, what, part is it? What, if what if we're all even? What if we're all even? It's like 33, 33, 33. You know what I mean? Like, we're going to be like, well, that's we're all sociopaths. We're all one third sociopaths. Um, <laughs> I want to ask Fod's question in a slightly different way. For a friend, how do you yeah. find product market fit with a partner? With a partner? Yo, that's a hard one. All right. All right. Yo, I know Fod's looking at stuff. He's like, yo, I need to hear this criteria, bro. Dude, I've been looking. I've been looking, man. Yo, send me a um, worksheet. Let me follow it play by play. And that's all I want to do. Like, I'm yo, tired of this. Okay. I think the first thing that's like, honestly, like my biggest thing is like ambition and like, where they want to go with their life right? like i think that's a big thing because no matter where you go like you guys could be like completely the same in terms of persona um and i think the hard part is like making sure that your lives can match or like coexist right so like let's say if Wad was like a consultant this guy was like traveling every single day and like you know his girl at the time is like you know someone that just lives in a town and, and really neat and they're like love language is like someone who's like with them your ambitions are completely different and as a result of that right you're probably gonna have a rocky relationship regardless of what your interests are going to be with each other um my second thing is like this is just a big thing for me but like yo i love jokes like i love laughing you guys probably hear me giggle all the time throughout this podcast you're like yo this kid laughs at anything bro <laughs> but like someone that like you can laugh with and like share times with like i think that's really important um and then my last thing and like this is very gray but the reason why i say it's gray is because like everyone's partner is going to be different right like if you follow my model of partner you're going to find a partner that's perfect for me and you're be like yo like this partner is not made for me right and like that's tough um I think the person you can grow with, I think is super important. So like, if you notice with yourself that like you're adopting better, healthier habits or like you're, um, you know, trying to be a better person as a result of being with this person, um, I think that's super important. And for me, like that's, that's kind of rare to find, right? So by all means, like similar to like careers and stuff like that, just like try to find what makes you happy. It's not going to be perfect on the first shot, but that's fine, right? Like it's very rare that people find a career they love on their first internship or whatever it may be, or their first partner. So um, mm -hmm. as long as you're going it with healthy habits and healthy intentions, and like there's nothing really bad that can go wrong except for growing and like becoming a better person. So yeah. You meant to that. Uh, we're going yes, to snap to that. Yeah, we're going to link Tyler's Tinder profile in the show notes. So if he did a good yo, job. Yo, yo, yo. Uh, my girl's listening, right? She was like, yo, no, nah, no. Nah. Shout out to my girlfriend. She beats all those criteria and more. So, you know what? Hey, let's I'm off go. Shout out Tyler's yeah. girlfriend. Beauty, beauty, dude. That was beauty. That was effortless. It's like you're always thinking about this girl, man. Yeah, I mean, like, it was easy because, like, he already had that perfect example in mind, right? So what does my girlfriend check off? And then you just go from there. You're a lucky man, Tyler. You're a lucky man. Thank you. I appreciate, I appreciate it. I appreciate it.
cool Absolutely. so we have eight minutes left um do you do you want to do a newsletter quick or should we jump to the final question what do you think yeah that's what i was thinking real quick so tyler word on the street sure. is that you got a newsletter yeah <laughs> tell us about this newsletter i want to do some promo and i also want to learn about it because newsletter is something we've been discussing a lot yeah. and i've actually had a Substack draft in since like last year march and i've not released it yet so i want to hear about what got you started with the newsletter and where you want to go from here with it yeah for sure so basically um the newsletter is called tyler talks product um i'll just give you the general like reason why i made it um like I was in business school and like all these business students were like, Hey, like I, I want to know what product management is. Or I'd like have people that were like outside of business school be like, you know, I want to know what product management is. And they're like two or three years in their career. Um, if you just had someone that explained it to you, maybe two or three years earlier, your complete, your entire career could be completely different. Um, and I think one of the things it's like a very, uh, it's a very popular term, but like the word gatekeeping information, I think is something that people don't inherently try to do. But by way of not being able to be, you know, find that information or, or not realizing that people don't have that information, it just tends to stick with people, you know, internally. Um, I wanted to give back in, in the sense of like just providing that information. And listen, like I'm not at the finish line either. I don't have my, you know, full-time job for being a PM set up, but that doesn't mean I can't help people that are running the same race as I am, right? And like that starts with like giving out, you know, content, helping them with jobs. So like in the newsletter, um, very distinct sections go over like product management terminology, some interview tips that might help you along your way. And then a job board at the end that you can hopefully, you know, apply those interview tips and stuff towards. Um, and my hope is, is that at least someone in whatever industry or whatever, you know, background sees it and says like, hey, like maybe I'll try a product shot. Um, the whole essence of the newsletter is like just starting a conversation. Um, and for me, I think that's super important, right? Because like, once you start the first conversation, it's easy to get other ones along. Um, so hopefully by me sending this email, it starts your thought process about getting into product and talking about it a bit more. So um, yeah, pretty, pretty small newsletter, but I hope that I can just help someone out with it and, and it hopefully goes a long way, but that's what it's about. Sounds like in your own way, you're like creating that community that you laughed at Shuli for. Like, yeah. I mean, already. like a little yeah. bit, a little bit of inflection there right? and a bit of a reflection into the Shuli community. Um, hopefully it works well. I mean, at the end of the day, like it doesn't matter where you come from. If you want to be in product or if you want to be in tech, I think one of the best things about it is like anybody can sit down at the table. And that's why uh, if you look at the graphics, it's like me sitting at a table with a bunch of random people. Um, and that's kind of the vision of what I try. Hopefully the, the newsletter will try to achieve. You got to add someone with a Columbus, Ohio shirt to uh, that's what, make it truly inclusive. My Columbus peeps, if you're out there, like come <laughs> sit at the table. I will like, it's not an issue. <laughs> love it and we will um we'll link in the show notes as well for easy access to people oh, thank you. no uh, no excuse not to subscribe um i think you've sold yourself well do you have jokes in there too or not you're still working on that? uh i don't know man i'm not that funny to be honest like i'm I laugh a lot, jokes? i don't i don't know i don't know if i got jokes like that you, you know got games on your phone bro <laughs> <laughs> the way that David yeah. asked that, oh. <laughs> like the little cousin you got jokes you got you got jokes <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Maybe on the next one, I'll definitely put a joke out there and say shout out to, to Fawad and Damien for inspiring this section. But uh, yeah, no, no jokes right now. But I honestly like maybe a feature that I'll try to include in future issues. Beautiful. Well, I'm happy to play a small part. Happy that we could play a small part improving it. Um, all right. So we have five minutes left. And this is our second favorite part of podcast next to the actual conversation is asking Hi. this very specific question. And um, why do you sound way better at saying it than I do? So if you could oh, do the man. honors. You have to gas me up a little bit. I'm blushing and shit now. Uh, <laughs> if you could put any one message on a billboard that would reach millions, even billions of people, and you can stratify this audience to whatever you want, or you can keep it open. Yeah. What message would you put on that billboard and why? Oh, okay. I've lived by this mantra like my entire life. If you check my Instagram bio, it's there. I'm going to alter it a little bit so that way people can get the context. Um, but I think what I would do is I'd write, just say yes on the billboard. Um, and the reason why I say that is like, I feel like us as humans have so much of, uh, uh the, I guess like, you know, default idea to like go in our head and be like, yo, like this won't work out. Like, like, you're not that guy. Like you weren't like an Ivy leaguer or like you didn't start off in the best position. And as a result of that, we almost like, you know, fake ourselves out in terms of going after the goals we want. Um, or if like, if it's even something as small as like, you know, like asking out that girl or like, you know, trying to, you know, find and meet a new friend at a new place. Uh, we always say no to ourselves. And I don't know why, like, it's always so strange to me. Um, it's not until other people convince you to say yes more that you tend to do it. And I'm hoping that like, by putting up this billboard, someone's thinking to themselves like, yo, like, I'd really love to do this one thing. Like, 
fuck it. Let's, let's say yes and roll the dice. Um, so that's what I would probably do. I think it's something that if I saw it, I'd be like, Yo, like, let's run it right now. Like, come on, I'm ready to go. Uh, so hopefully that if someone sees the billboard, like they'll do the same thing. So it's pretty simple because like, I think it's something that should apply to everybody. Um, and I'm hoping, you know, yes, is a pretty universal response to, you know, accepting things into mm -hmm. your life. So I'm hoping that someone takes that and takes it in the same way. Yeah. I love uh, Richard Branson's framework for it. Um, he says, you know, if an opportunity comes up and you feel unqualified for it, just say yes and figure out how to do it later. Right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes. Um, well, Tyler, it has been an absolute pleasure. Uh, I know you say you're not that funny, but I was giggling the whole episode. So you Thanks, think you're, you're a pretty, pretty class guy. Um, <laughs> thank you for thank you for the amazing conversation. Thank you for the insights, the gems that you dropped along the way. Um, we'll link the the newsletter, but is there anything else you'd like to link or promote um, that we can throw in the show notes as well? No, I think the last thing that I'll say is like, if you're if you're someone who's just trying to find out more about product or um, you're thinking about making a, a change in your career, just do it. Honestly, like you're going to look back on your life and you say, I wish I did that. Or I wish I did this thing. Like take mm -hmm. this as like, you're, Oh my God. Like someone's telling me on the other side, they know what I'm going through. Like, just do it. Just make the jump. At the end of the day, no one's going to fault you for taking a risk. If anything, they'll respect you more, even if you fail or you succeeded it. Um, and I think like, I don't know, I, 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 I'm going to sound super cheesy saying this, but like life's too short to not like try it. You know what I mean? Like, honestly, bro, even if it's just like trying a new food or like you want to make that jump and do something cool, like do it. What's the worst that could happen? And then if you find out what's the worst that could happen, you realize I can say like, oh, it's not even that bad. So um, mm -hmm. that's what I'll do. That's who I'm shouting out. That person who's trying to do something new, you can definitely do it. Go for it. Um, you got it. And, and hopefully uh, you have a cool story after at the end of it. So that's that's my shout out. Beauty. What a way to end it up, bro. And and the way that you're smiling the entire way you're saying that is just like perfect, bro. Chef's kiss. Yeah, hey, I know. Appreciate it. Yeah. I don't know if you're mad, but like you have a really cute smile. I just I just have to say it. All the Columbus, Ohio peeps. Shout out you too, by the way. You're not gonna shout out your girl with your last your, your last sentence on the podcast, bro. Come oh, on. Come shout on. out, shout out to my girlfriend Anne. You're your top tier. You let's know, go, let's go. Absolute, absolute beast. The vibes are overflowing with positivity. So I can uh, I think now's a good place to end it before anything bad happens. Uh, all right, sounds good. But thanks, thank you again. Fawad, any last thoughts? Do you want to say goodbye? No, or shout dude, out anybody? I'm I'm gonna be going to the gym after this. I'm gonna be hella smiley and shit. I'll be hella cute. I'm gonna take big, some big gym pump, selfies. I'm gonna send them big to you. Out. Thank you so much, Tyler, for for a great time. And yeah, signing off. Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. If you liked the episode, follow us on Spotify and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Our website was built by Face Solutions, logo designed by Charmeni, and music by Wonderly Music. Thank you for listening. Think you got it? Nah, we're on the next iteration. <laughs>